Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning in to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, the absolute best way that you can always support is just by sharing it on social media and with the people that you love most. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content. So thank you so much in advance. This week, we're diving into air quality and how it impacts our health. I don't think I'm blowing anyone's mind when I make the statement, clean air is a basic requirement for optimal human health. Unfortunately, for many of us, air quality is often the last thing we consider when we dive into healing our bodies or considering our long-term health goals. And so many individuals that I talk to believe that because they are indoors most often, they don't have anything to worry about. But the alarming truth is that indoor air quality does potentially harm us if the quality is compromised. And usually it is more hazardous than being outside. Not to mention many health conditions stem from low air quality that can go unnoticed for years and are so often misdiagnosed. So without freaking you out, I'm going to just say it straight. The air you breathe in most likely is packed with dozens of hazardous chemicals. And so when I personally started getting headaches in my home and discovered that air quality could be the cause, I had Vinny Lobdo, founder and CEO of IntelliPure, come over to my home to test my air quality. And I quickly realized a few things. The air purifiers I had were leaving a lot of chemicals behind. The air quality in LA on a normal day is actually very toxic. And the headaches I was so often getting were absolutely linked to what I was breathing in. After Vinny tested my air, I started to make changes and did everything he recommended. I got rid of most common pollutants like dry clean clothing, glue, disinfectants, printers, certain paints, and a wide array of deemed clean cosmetics. Many of these items that contain harmful chemical compounds can cause symptoms such as fatigue, dizziness, headaches, and all sorts of allergic reactions. And because I've seen such a difference in my home and my health, I'm so excited to sit down with Vinny today and talk about how he created IntelliPure and the steps you can take to create clean air in your home. From the beginning of his professional career, Vinny has always focused on one thing, making a positive impact on people's lives. Over the past 12 years, Vinny has traveled to 50 countries, educating and speaking industry leaders, governments, and medical professionals on air pollution and the harmful effects that come along with occupying our build environments. In 2017, 
Vinny co-founded Intellipure, a fast-growing B2C brand with a heavy emphasis on creating the best customer experience through handcrafted, individually certified air cleaning systems. Intellipure air cleaning systems feature the company's award-winning and patented DFS technology, proven to be 40 times more effective than HEPA. Vinny was named on multiple 40 under 40 lists and sits on several board of directors. This topic is so important and I trust that it will provide immediate benefits for you and your family just by listening. Welcome, Vinny, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I am deeply grateful for you for so many reasons and for being here today to have this powerful conversation about air quality. Well, I'm excited to be with you, Sarah. It's been uh, really loved your work and we're just happy that we can provide some value for you. Yeah, and some background on how we met. So we met through a really good friend, Liana Warner-Gray, kind of at this point where my husband and I were getting severe migraines and we were in a home that was recently built and we found out there was black mold. And so we moved out of that home, but the headaches continued and my husband's migraines continued. And so it was really interesting at the point where we met you and you came into our house and you were like, there's so many toxins in your air here in LA. And we ended up ordering your products. And the beautiful thing was that his migraines and my headaches went away. So <laughs> I'm like well, so yeah. deeply thankful to you and your time and just being in my home and measuring my air quality and really showing me that a lot of the products that we were using actually weren't supporting us in making sure that the air quality was as clean as we had hoped. So I kind of wanted to dive in first and foremost into how you got into really being so passionate about air quality. I think everyone listening can agree that clean air is such an important part of health, but it's probably something that a lot of people aren't prioritizing. So I just want to find out about what happened when in time you became so fascinated with learning about air and understanding the impact on our health. Yeah, great. So thank you for that. We're, you know, we were very grateful to have the opportunity to come into your beautiful home and really understand the space. And there's so much misinformation in the marketplace today on air cleaning. So many terminologies and acronyms out there that talk about what's good and what's not good. You know, I've been in the space for 20 plus years now. I worked in corporate America for a year and then they got done with that and joined my father. My father's been in the air quality space for 40 plus years. Literally, it's been my father's life work and across multiple disciplines and technologies in the air cleaning space. So really, that's what our family's been built on is how we can look at the built environment and look at how air pollution impacts the built environment and then empower people to understand and navigate ways to improve their health and wellness through making their, their spaces healthier. And, you know, he started early in the 80s looking at cigarette smoke, right? And everyone was doing smoke eaters and building things that really dealt with smoke. And then it shifted more to a public health concern with asthma and allergies and people were buying HEPA systems. As more and more people became wanting to live better and healthier and well, you know, you saw a lot of different technologies coming out. And now, of course, the COVID pandemic has just hit people in a way that everyone's concerned about what they touch, what they eat, and uh, what they're breathing and what they're drinking. So it's, it's just obviously now just a huge awareness around the issue. And we're grateful to be in a position where we've really innovated over the past 20 years to be in a position to provide true solutions, not products. Our goal is never to provide a product to someone. We want to look at the need and we want to develop a product that really meets that need for our, our customer and, and ultimately make them raving fans of what we do. And that's how we built our whole business. Our whole business has been built off a sales effort and really an educational effort on showing people what solutions make a difference in their home. I mean, we've never really even marketed our brand. Our brand's been growing rapidly and it's all been word of mouth. And obviously now the demand is so high, but we're looking at how to really, really make impactful solutions to people like yourself, Sarah. And that's what we did in your home. 
I love that. And yeah, it truly has made a difference. I'm curious, some of those misconceptions about air quality that we fall into, specifically culturally here in America, I think people often, and this was my truth, it was like, well, I'm going to buy the cheapest filter because you know it's not that big of a priority. And that was just a subconscious belief, right? It was the belief of like, okay, well, food and movement and sleep are more important because that's what everyone's talking about. When you think about health, those are the first things that come to mind. And what I've learned over just knowing you in the course of diving into this research, I can really see how the air quality is just as important as these other elements. And so can you walk us through some of these misconceptions and these beliefs around how important health or how important air quality is? Because we're seeing we're indoors more than we've ever been in the history of humanity. So yeah, I, I want to just bring it back to one thing. I mean, the WHO, the World Health Organization, states that indoor air pollution, air pollution in general, is the world's number one health epidemic. You know, almost 8 million people are dying prematurely because of air pollution. The problem is we can't see it. Mm-hmm. So the silver lining in the, where we're at today in the pandemic we're going through is that this is making people much more aware of the need for enhanced air cleaning, you know, stuff that in research, in air exchange and in portable air cleaners. And to go back to what the, the, the original question is that there's a lot of misconception in the market and people are out there, you know, selling a lot of hype. The reality is, is you really have to understand a few things. First, what are we trying to accomplish when we're filtering and cleaning air? You know, you can't, it's not a one size fits all solution. You can't just buy a small, cool looking portable and you buy it based on appearance and put it in a large space and expect it to work. There's a lot of misconceptions around HEPA, high efficiency, particulate resting air cleaning. Everyone markets a HEPA air cleaner. And in many cases, they're just using a HEPA type filter, which means you know, the filter material may be hepatite, but essentially the total system efficiency is nowhere near hepatite efficiency. And then the drawback you have with HEPA is although it's very, very efficient, it's a very dense media filter. So it's very hard to move air through that filter and actually make an air cleaning impact in the space, actually to make a, a desirable impact. And so what a lot of companies have done, and then of course, noise comes into it, right? Is it too noisy for the space? Small portables you put in your bedroom or in an office space or in a den or in a living room is too noisy. And so what a lot of manufacturers have done is they've sold the efficacy of high speed and the noise of low speed. And at the end result, and negative impact to the consumer. Because really, if we're not moving enough air and exchanging enough air in the space, a portable air purifier will never do anything. So it's really important to make sure you're sizing an air cleaner right, making sure that you're getting a total system efficiency to remove all those ultra-fine particles. Everything is driven around ultra-fine particles. Cancer, cardiovascular disease, stroke, even infertility is being driven, they say, and and there's a huge impact due to these ultra-fine particles that could deep into our bloodstream and cause all the disease. I mean, they're causing all the inflammation. It's not just the food we eat. I mean, we can taste that, of course. It's not just the water we drink or the movement you mentioned. It's actually the air we're breathing is one of the critical components to health and wellness long term. And so really, you get what you pay for. And understanding what you're trying to accomplish in the space is so important. Buy the right sized air cleaner that's going to give you the appropriate amount of air changes and make sure it's removing all those ultra-fine particles from the space. I love that. And can you dive a little bit more on what the short and long-term effects of poor air quality are so people can really see the correlation. Because I think so often, again, we go directly to, well, what do I need to change about my diet? What do I need to change about movement? Oh, I need to get more more sleep, but we're not really recognizing that correlation, even with just short-term health issues. So it all goes back to the spaces we live in and the places we work in. We've really built our environment. We've built our built environment so tight for one reason. Why? Dollars and cents. We want to save energy. We want to reduce costs. So counterproductive to 
air quality. Buildings need to be able to breathe. They need to be able to ventilate properly. They need to have recirculation. And so the the key to all this is short-term implications. I mean, allergies, asthma, respiratory flare-ups, headaches, multiple chemical sensitivities. Long-term though, I mean, Superficial Google search will show you that literally 30% of all deaths from cancer are ultra-fine particle pollution related. I mean, it's becoming the number one cause of death is air pollution. And this isn't meant to scare people. It's really, really meant to make people open up their eyes and say, all these little ultra-fine particles are causing disease. They're infertility. Um, A recent study by Harvard just came out, stated that it's actually Harvard and Syracuse University, that air pollution is making us dumber. Um, mm-hmm. literally the cognitive ability inside of our work environment, if the air quality is not at a much higher level, we're getting much greater worker, uh, increased worker absenteeism, substantial cognitive delay. And when we've increased the air quality, when we've really improved the air quality, we're getting significant presenteeism and actually cognitive scores are going up. So even before COVID, schools and people that were in a position to spend money We're actually looking at the correlation between air quality and performance, and it's clearly labeled out there that there's a significant correlation now between better air quality, better performance, better air quality, and better health. Yeah, it's so important. I think we often forget that even in our workspace, we're spending 8, 10, 12 hours a day in that space, oftentimes not even moving out of that space. And so how that place was built and the different microtoxins that are floating around in the air are impacting brain fog. And like you said, cognitive health. And it's something I noticed specifically when I put an IntelliPure, one of your filters in my office, it it made a massive difference just in terms of headaches, uh, brain fog, and my cognitive health. And that was the only thing that I changed in my workspace. And so I'm very, very thankful that you shared that. I wanted to dive deeper into what are the things that are causing these toxins so that people can really understand that it's, it's not just the pain, it's not just the building. There are so many other factors that are going into the toxins that are floating around in the air? Great Great question. So we talk to people all the time about cleaning products. You know, a lot of the times what we're doing is we we think we're cleaning the space when we're actually polluting the space. Humans, humans themselves are the greatest contributor to indoor air pollution, the way, how we live, our habits. So by understanding, by taking our shoes off before we walk around the home, we're actually bringing in everything that we are walking down the street and we're in places where there's lots of people, could be sick people that we're walking into our homes. And if we don't take our shoes off, we're potentially bringing all that back into the space and then that can get pushed back up into the air, let alone on the surfaces. Looking at, looking at our habits from cleaning again, you know, the Cloroxes and the Windexes and the bleaches. Now, Cloroxes had a huge resurgence simply because Everyone wants to get rid of this virus, but the matter of that matter of it, we have to look at, are we cleaning with toxic chemicals? And if we are, they can stay airborne. They can impact people that have chemical sensitivities, multiple chemical sensitivities, and many, many other things. Paints, of course, but also cooking, you know, cooking certain uh, fumes that come from cooking. Anytime we're burning high combustion candles, things that we're actually putting into the space. And it's really, really important to be uh, sensitive to that. Now, one of the things that is readily available is looking at your AQI on your phone. Any weather app actually has an AQI and it tells you what the air quality is outside. And a lot of times when if you're in a really good day and the air quality outside is good, we always tell people, open up a window, let that home breathe. If you live in a city and that's not possible, one, well, you got to move out of the city. But uh, it's really, really simple. I mean, giving yourself the best chance to live healthy in a space, really simple. There's little simple things you can do to mm-hmm. have impact. And one of those is opening a window when it's nice out. I also heard about cosmetics being a massive issue. And that's when I started cleaning out all the cosmetics that I had. And then even like nail polish, right? Certain things that we're putting on our skin. Mm -hmm. Hair products. Well, see, 
Yeah, 100%. The off-gassing of them, um, you know, some of the mattresses are a major pollution source. People don't realize this, but the toxins we sleep on, they off-gas. But you're right. If the makeups aren't clean, certainly any type of nail polish and all those things are they're pollution. They're pollution sources. And this goes back to if your house can't breathe and these things stay suspended, it, they ultimately end up where? In our lungs or in our mm-hmm. bloodstream because we're basically our nose is the only filter. And we're breathing all these things in. And that's why you've seen such a substantial increase adulthood asthma and allergies. It's because it's prolonged exposure to these ultrafine particles that are making everyone sick. That's also why you've seen such a significant increase in childhood asthma. We built our home so energy efficient. They can't breathe. And everything we do to pollute inside the home, we're breathing in. We are Mm -hmm. the filters of our home. I love that analogy. And I, and I love this conversation because I think so often culturally until recently, we're now we're viewing things more holistically. And I believe the pandemic has really supported us in that and really thinking like, how do I build my immune system and really make sure that I'm living from a healthy place and doing everything from a prevention standpoint. I think for so often with these air filters, it was kind of a band-aid, right? Like people thought of it as like, I'm just going to throw this air filter without really understanding the importance of having the first step, like you said, the quality filter that's going to absolutely remove the particles and make enough air flow through and then doing the research. And again, this is from a place of empowerment. This isn't me talking from a like fear-based mindset, but it's, it's looking at every area of your life and saying, okay, what, what can I replace today? What can I replace next week? What can I replace when things end up being done with like my household cleaning products and different cosmetics? And when I'm done, what can I do and what research can I take to start adding in the cleaner products from an empowering standpoint? So you have both the air filter that's cleaning through and then you're not just repolluting the same space with the products. And so I think it's this two-part puzzle where we have to say, how do I get more empowered? How do I do the research? How do I step into a place where I'm really taking control of this? And I think also we vote with our dollars. So as we buy cleaner products, there's going to be this insurgence of companies coming out and wanting to do better. And what I heard during COVID was that more people were poisoned from Clorox and these chemicals than ever before. And there was a rise in just the poison control lines because people were really getting sick, which really stands for, you know, people are getting sick because of the intensity of them. But also if we're just polluting our homes a little bit every single day, that's getting in our systems and, and really wreaking havoc. Yeah. So the trade-off, right? There's always mm-hmm. a trade-off. People are really scared right now. And, you know, desperate people do desperate things in desperate times. And mm-hmm. so we're actually, I was, I was in a restaurant the other day and I walked into the bathroom and the smell of Clorox was so bad, even with a mask on, it almost made me sick. And I, I sat there and I said, I wonder what the ramifications of this are versus right. the, right. the pandemic. So it, you hit the nail on the head. But there are, you know, I always tell people that you can't, Rome wasn't built in a day. And so anytime we look mm-hmm. at shifting our habits or shifting our, the way we live in our built environment, take it one step at a time. I mean, look at how we vacuum our carpets or clean our floors. You know, buy a good quality certified HEPA vac that can go out and really is going to clean up and not redistribute everything in the space. When you're doing your research on whether you're putting a, a filter into your HVAC system, look and make sure you're getting one that's actually removing a lot of particulate. And when you're cleaning, like you mentioned, use environmentally friendly cleaning products that have as little chemical compilation as possible so that you guys, you're not reintroducing all these chemicals into your space. You're trying to eliminate, make the house cleaner, but in fact, you, you may be making it cleaner from an aesthetic standpoint, but you could be potentially making it unhealthier as you're cleaning. So looking at these things, there's really good resources out there. 
that can show people and, and navigate people to a cost-effective strategy to live healthier in, the, in, in their indoor environment. Yeah, I think just c- coming from a place of empowerment, specifically as it doesn't feel to me as if this quarantine experience is ending anytime soon. I feel like a lot of people are going back into their homes and, and finding themselves there and not being able to be out as much. And I'm even seeing the highways are not as busy and people aren't on the streets. Yeah. And so it's really important as we are in our homes more to really also recognize that if we're not feeling well, there's a reason for that, right? There's a reason for having the brain fog, having the migraines, the headaches, sure. the asthma, all of the things. And I think we're seeing the repercussions of potentially what we haven't cleaned up in our homes. And it's empowering us, which I think is so great to take those steps and say, well, now that I'm home more, I really need to make these these appropriate Absolutely. steps to really... And I think you're going to see a up. shift. I think you're going to see a shift as well, Sarah, at work. You know, now it's moved from this would be a nice thing to have where everyone needs this. And from a safety precaution standard, people are really looking at how do we create the healthiest spaces? And again, I, I don't like to really emphasize the pandemic, but I like to tell people there always is a silver lining. And, mm-hmm. and if you look at what's happened here, is it has given us the time to reset things. And you look at what's happening in, you know, where, you know, fish and wildlife are coming to areas they've never come to in, 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 in what, 50 years. And you look at the WHO said literally 2 million people could live longer because we're not polluting the way we're polluting. So there's always a reset button. And I think this has given us all a time to kind of step back and look at what's important in our lives. And a lot of that comes back down to family and how we're living and how we can live longer and how we can live better. And it's, you know, it's been very painful for a lot of people. And But I think ultimately, there has to be some good that comes out of it. And if we can look at how to, you know, occupy our spaces better, then I think that could be one of the good things that, that uh, ends up coming from it. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. I love that. I'm in full agreement of that as well. I think we're waking up and we're seeing the parts of our health that we've neglected because we've been too busy and we've just been on the go in the do-do-do-do. And and then now we're saying, oh, wow, now that I'm home and I can be with myself and I can be with my feelings and I can be in my body and I can actually feel what's going on, I don't feel well. And yes, that might be part of the collective and the fear and the stress and the anxiousness, but that there are also, I think, a lot of people recognizing, wow, I just don't feel good in my space. And what does this mean to actually make these shifts? And I think now is the time to do it more than ever. I'm curious if people want to get started kind of cleaning up their air. Is there an app or how would people even recognize kind of how serious the air quality is in their homes? Is there something you recommend? Great question. Great question. So there's a few things. You can go to our website, IntelliPure.com, and you can type in your zip code, and it will basically give you a reading of what the likelihood or what the air quality in your home could potentially be. And what we do is it's a program that we've developed that basically gives you the outdoor air quality in your space. And the EPA states that indoor air quality is three to five times worse than outdoor air quality on average. So we take that number, we 
basically calculate it out. And it gives you what likely what your air quality is based on the outside air quality and what most homes use from a standard MERV filtration. That's one way. The second way is there's very, very cost-effective, low-cost monitors out there that you can buy off the shelf, uh, you know, anywhere from $150 to $300. And they're app-based and you can plug them in and they'll give you a reading in your space directly to your phone. They'll know these, you can place them in your bedroom. You need to have multiple if you want them. But I, you know, I tell people, buy one and move it around. Put it in your bedroom, get the air quality level. Put it in a large living area and, and get your uh, air quality level. And what that'll do is give you a reading directly to your phone of PM 2.5, VOCs, relative humidity, temperature. And it gives you an idea to see, first, what your baseline is. But second, how you interact with your space impacts air pollution. And sometimes what that does is really help you understand that some of the habits that you have are really, really negatively trending and creating a pollution issue that you may not knew it, have known it was happening. Mm-hmm. And then based on that, you can put solutions in. I mean, you know, we, there's several solutions in the marketplace, but we have a range of solutions that go from a small bedroom, very low cost, $500 to $550 system that can go in a small space all the way to a large capacity commercial cleaning system that could do a million square feet. So, but getting that baseline, again, you can find very low cost monitors out there like AirThink, Aware, Fubot, um, and just do a Google, a simple Google search. But those three, we know, we like Yoohoo, U-H-O-O. They're all low cost monitors, third party, and they're going to give you a general idea of what's in your space. Now, we also have, if you had an indoor air quality expert come out, he would come out with a class one laser particle counter. And a class one laser particle counter is you could walk around the home and you could do some other things with VOC meters, volatile organic compound meters, which are going to measure the gases and odors in your space or the volatiles. He can measure the particle count. And that's going to give you a much better analysis of what's in the space because it's measuring the smaller particles. But we believe in both. We believe in both. It really depends on your budget. Yeah, I have the Plum Labs Flow App. It's been more of just like an eye-opening experience where I'm not tracking it every day. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting stressed about it. But just having it with me is so funny because I I would sure. take it to hotels and then <laughs> I I was at a conference downtown and I called my sister and I'm like. Can you please bring me my IntelliPure? And she, <laughs> she like carried this big cleaner, like this air filter cleaner, to the hotel. And then I was running into friends literally as I was walking into the hotel with this massive air filter. And it was just this funny experience because they're like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "The air quality here sucks." <laughs> I was like, "I can't sleep without my IntelliPure." So That's hilarious. Just it's something to not. Obviously, I'm not empowering people to like to be on their phone every single day and like tracking it religiously and having it be the source of stress. But I think it is really empowering because the more we become aware, the more we can change our environment. It's just becoming aware. Yes. So, you know, it's sad that it took a pandemic for people to really start looking at it. But the reality is, it's right. It's all, if we can't visualize it, it's very hard for us. Most people used to relate poor air quality to smell or temperature and humidity. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too humid. It's not humid enough or that there's a bad smell in the space. The reality of it is, is all, those, all those could be an indication of poor air quality, but the reality is it's these ultra-fine particles that stay suspended and that we breathe in and ingest that ultimately create the biggest health implication. Right, and so suspended meaning just moving through the air that we're breathing in, in the air. versus yeah, not... Yeah, the larger particles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the larger particles, Sarah, what happens is they, they don't stay suspended. They drop to the floor. And that's why if you don't have good cleaning habits, they can likely get redistributed through the space, but they're large, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times your traditional HVAC filter can capture those or even a, or even a poor performing portable air cleaner. 
But it's these suspended particles. And exactly what all the health experts are talking about now is when we sneeze, some of these very, very small particles can either attach to other particles, but they can stay suspended in the air and they're not dense enough to fall. They stay could stay suspended for hours. And that's where everyone's concerned about the cross-contamination component of this is that we could walk through up to 30 minutes later. And if we haven't exchanged air in that space, it could potentially still be there. Got it. Got it. So it's, yeah, so they're not falling to the ground. So it's like we're moving into these spaces. And even though we feel or trust that they're clean, they're not actually potentially clean most of the time. It makes a lot Correct. of sense. Can we talk a little bit about the air quality outdoors as well? Because I think people also make the assumption that, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I would assume that being outdoors is better than being indoors. Is that correct? But in certain areas, that might so, not actually be accurate. So it really depends, right? Mm-hmm. It depends on where you're at. And a lot of times that's not the case because what happens, especially in a lot of the newer homes, we're at least using a MERV 11 or a MERV 13 filter. So a MERV stands for minimum efficiency rating value. It range, ranges really anywhere from, I would just will start at MERV 8. So that's the lowest efficiency. They go smaller, but the standard is MERV 8, all the way to MERV 16. And I, it's not the question you asked, but I'll just explain it real quick. MERV 8, lower efficiency, but much higher airflow velocity through the filter, all the way to MERV 16, which is higher efficiency, but much lower airflow velocity through the filter. You really need a strong blower and motor to push air through it. Now, the air outside, if you're living in LA and you're next to the, the roads and you know the highways or you're in Shanghai or some of these areas where you get the way the, the city like Salt Lake City, you're kind of in a bowl. The outdoor pollution can be very, very bad. But th- there's a very simple way to look at that. You can go to an AQI rating. There's AQI basics. So basically, it's a color-coordinated chart. For It goes from maroon, purple, red, orange, yellow to green. And green's obviously good. And it's an index that gives you a value number. So good air quality, outdoor good air quality is 0 to 50. And it goes all the way to 301 and higher, which is maroon, which is hazardous. And then they'll give you to the right of that chart. It actually gives you what that means. What are the implications of that outdoor air quality? So like when it's hazardous, it's a health warning, a health warning of emergency conditions. Everyone, not just the sensitive populations, everyone is more likely to be affected. So a perfect analogy of that would be like when the wildfires hit in California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The air quality was maroon, it was hazardous. You should stay inside. And then what happens? We go inside, we start to pollute. So air quality is so fluid and it changes from environment to environment, but it's so important to make sure. And this will become a standard. A year from now, every home, every new home built will go with a certain level of air quality standards built in because it's such an important factor now. Yeah. And I think it's important to also, again, this is from a level of awareness, understand if there's fires happening around you. If if you live in certain environments such as city, my dad actually has COPD. And because of that and because of his connection to Cedars, they send him pings and they, they basically tell him, don't go outside. And it's so interesting to watch those come in because it's like, warning, don't go outside. But had I not be... Like if I wasn't living with him, I wouldn't get that warning either. Like I wouldn't be aware to even pay attention to that. And so now I'm paying attention. Oh, it might be better to work out inside today because you know we've gotten that warning versus going for a hike. And especially during the fires, it was like completely... He was getting pinged like every single day, like absolutely don't go outside, don't go outside. But I had friends that were still hiking outdoors. And so it's, it's really about just becoming aware of this and we can't control everything in our environment. Things are going to happen. Fires are going to happen. Different pollutions, you know, different waves of pollution currency Absolutely. and things like that are going to come in our environment. But it's it's about becoming aware. So it's like if I can avoid going outside during those 
20 days a year, I'm going to absolutely avoid that because it's not worth it to me and my health. It's, to, about, reducing, yeah. it's about reducing the risk. And when you have the information, you can then make educated decisions based on, have, you know, should I go out? Like you just mentioned, should I go outside today? Mm-hmm. Um, do I need an air cleaner at my home? Uh, all these things. So I, you're right. It's all about data and having that data readily available and understanding how that data correlates with health. Yeah. And I think the third step would be being a voice for the quality of air and the quality of life that you want to have. And whether that's talking to your employer and saying, hey, I'm really concerned about the air quality in our space. Is that something we could potentially dive into over the next year where you install the right type of filters so that I can work in a safe environment or having the conversation with your family members or even different spaces like workout spaces. I think it's about us being empowered to have those conversations with where we're spending money and where we're working and where we're living. And and that takes us being that voice versus sitting on the sidelines and saying, oh, I'm just going to wait until someone else does it. It's like the time is now to you know, be the voice. And even if they say no, at least you're trying and attempting to make the step. This is not me patting you on the back. I think what's so crucial uh, about you know the wave of kind of how things are happening and the way we can connect with people is the information that you're giving to people is so important. There's so much misinformation in, in you and of course, the people that you collaborate with are always looking for real solutions. And I, it's so crucial the work you're doing. I mean, you, you're not making money. You're on the stuff. You're focused on really giving people the right information and understanding it from a holistic standpoint and understanding that these things, it's not a one size fits all. It's, it's a band approach. It's really understanding it from a, a holistic standpoint, saying you have to do this, you'll get this result. And what are all the things we can do and take small steps? So I really you know, think you're doing a fantastic job to really help people live better. And it's something that it's, you know, I'm excited to just learn from you every day. Thank you so much. I'm just always trying my best to empower us to not feel scared around asking for the yeah. things that we yeah. deeply desire and need. And I think especially with corporate wellness, we can be a voice and show the results and the productivity increasing and all of the things that there's like this long-term benefit game for the employer as well, or for whoever it is that we're in conversation with, right? It's just, we've been living in a world that is such instant gratification and solve the problem now. And you know what's the bottom line and how are we going to profit off this? And I think it's really turning to a holistic approach where we're like, let's get the information out there and let's look at a year, five years, 10 years down the road and how we can support people in the long run and why this is better for everyone. This isn't <laughs> this isn't just like a money-making thing. This is like your productivity will go up. Your, your, your yeah. cognitive yeah. health will go up. Everything in your life will improve when your health improves. And even just the amount of sick days, right? The amount of time you call oh, off, all the things. It's like if insurance companies and, and companies looked at that holistic health is a way to actually create more in terms of profit and all the things that they're focused on, we would have a much different world. And so I'm just so thankful for the work you're doing. And I want to dive quickly. I know we're coming to an end, but I want to quickly talk about how people can get in touch with you and kind of these steps that they can take if they're, if they're like, okay, I hear you. I'm ready. I am willing to do sure. what it takes to have clean air. What would be kind of the process that you would walk them through? So we have a team here that's really, you know, our goal with our team is not to sell you a portable air cleaner and have you put it in there and say, we've cured all your problems. We have a really great team of customer resource managers that are basically going to walk you through your space and help you better understand how you're living in your environment, what space you're spending the most time in, whether it's an integrated whole home solution that's going to provide near-perfect air from every vent, if you have the ability to have that, whether it's a small portable for your child's bedroom or for a baby's bedroom where you're really mostly concerned. They'll help you first 
empathize with you because most of the people that we work with have serious issues. You know, they're dealing with mold or they're dealing with respiratory difficulties or, you know, they're concerned with underlying issues. And now obviously there's a movement towards people just wanting to protect their health. So our team will walk you through your space and help you better understand what solution may be best. And if we don't have a solution for your space, then we could potentially recommend if it's a humidity issue, we'll recommend you to a manufacturer that could provide humidity options or dehumidification options or air exchange options. We help you better understand your built environment. That's our goal. And you can reach us through uh, reaching out to us at intellipure.com or you can call 1-800-843-3860 and just ask to talk to a product expert uh, or a solutions expert and we can walk you through your space. And that's generally what we do. We can also recommend low-cost diagnostic tools that you can buy online, Amazon, many of these places you can buy them. And you know, based on what your needs are, we would recommend something that you could go and purchase to kind of see how your built environment was performing today. I love that. And I love that you offer that service because I know people go into fear when they're like, is this actually going to work? Like we have this lack of trust right, right now in products and services. And so the fact that you're supporting people through the one-on-one, I think is so crucial because people are in this like weird state of, is this going to really work? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm confused. And often we just need a little bit of handholding and we need a little support to say, you absolutely have a problem. We don't need to go into fear or frustration or concern and there are solutions and here's how we're going to support you through it. So I'm really thankful for you. I know you did that for me. And I even right before this call, I was like, I have a client who I'm referring you today. (laughs) She needs help. So it's like I'm constantly sending you people and I appreciate you just jumping in and supporting all of them and really creating this massive shift. I know you've done really quickly. I know you've done a lot of work with hospitals and now you're stepping into tons of organizations and all these different spaces that are like, okay, we're ready and willing to do this. And specifically during COVID, you guys did a lot of work in the hospitals, right? Yeah. So for us, we were called on in December when the pandemic hit. Wuhan before anyone knew what was really coming. And we, we installed 400 IntelliPure portable systems in four hospitals in Wuhan. And no one really knew what was going to happen. And then as we all know, looking back, this has just devastated and ravaged and still continues to our whole, our whole, the world. We've been called uh, to New York City Health and Hospitals. We were on the front lines at all the hospitals in New York. We were called on by Atlantic Health Systems. New Jersey's largest healthcare provider, and uh, to several Fortune 50 companies. Well, you know they had to continue to work to keep them healthy and safe, and mm-hmm. we really feel um, first grateful and honored. But you know, ultimately, we're all in this together, right? And it's not about profit for us. All of our profits, if you know anything about our company, much of our profits have been donated and invested right back into our small community of Pulaski, New York, to kind of re- revitalize the community and to give back to the town that's given so much to us. So. You know, we're just grateful that finally people are starting to understand the implications of air pollution and certainly are looking for ways to improve it. And we're grateful that our, our solutions and, the, and our, the work and effort of our people, I mean, our, our team was spending, we were working 15, 18 hours a day, seven days a week. We increased our production over 400% to support the front line and the mission critical. And it's, it's been a real honor to be able to do that. Yeah, I'm so, so thankful. And I just was listening to a podcast, which I'll link below. But they were talking about how pollution is directly impacting, air pollution is directly impacting the effects of this virus. Yes. And so when you're... So what they're finding is, what they're finding is, is people that live in higher pollution environments are more likely to get Mm -hmm. COVID. Like, Mm -hmm. that's fair, right? I mean, because what they're saying is, is, and certainly from an airborne analysis, you know, if COVID's attaching itself to other particles and staying airborne or... If people have more compromised compromised immune systems because of 
air pollution, then what's the likelihood of them contracting? I mean, really, if you look at all the science behind this, people that are, you know, have underlying issues are more likely to, you know, be really impacted by this. And people that are living in higher pollution environments are more likely to have underlying issues. So it's really fairly straightforward, but it's interesting that they're correlating this. And I think you're going to see that more of that's going to be correlated. And again, it goes back to what I mentioned before. And the WHO made this really great point that the silver lining in this pandemic could be that people really wake up to the impact of air pollution, even though, you know, there's still a lot to be said around how long COVID stays near. But think about it. If we just change and start looking, because it's not a major cost implication. If we just change the way we live, start increasing all of our efficiencies, all of our systems, the higher efficiency systems, if we can cut the mortality rate or the death rate for air pollution down by 20%, we're saving a million and a half lives a year. Mm-hmm. That's, more than, that's more than COVID's killed us in the, the, globally. Right, right. It's, so it's, just think about it from that standpoint. I know, it's so interesting. It's so interesting to think about how we go into fear over this external thing, which we feel like we don't have control over, when really... There's so many other things, and I'm not mitigating this pandemic at all. I'm just saying there's so many other things that we have control over that we're not fearful of, but actually could take our life if we don't take the actionable steps from a preventative approach. And I'm just so thankful, like you said, there's a silver lining. And what I have found is like I no longer have to knock on someone's door and be like, hey, think about prevention. It's like people are, are now saying okay, I want to be preventative. I want to know what I need to do to build my immune system. And I'm not going to wait until I hit that place of pain. I'm not going to wait until my body breaks down. I'm not going to wait until I'm actually chronically sick. Today is the day. And I think that is the silver lining, which I'm, I'm grateful for as a holistic health practitioner, because it's something that I felt like I was up against all the time was like getting people to wake up to prevention. And now we're seeing the importance of it and, and not for everyone. And, and again, I'm not shaming anyone if you're not in that space yet. But I think it's empowering way to start thinking about our lives of just, you know, beyond this virus, what other things are on the horizon if if I don't take these steps. And so I'm thankful for you for just doing this work and having this resource available. And I trust that so many listeners are going to start taking the actionable steps and reach out to you. And, and I highly encourage that if you're listening, Vinny will walk you through the entire process or someone on his team will be there to support you. And so Thank you again so much for being here. I'm so thankful. What a pleasure. And thanks for all you're doing. And we certainly hope we can provide value to anybody that's listening. And if we can, we can. If not, we'll have a great conversation about air quality anyway. So (laughs) thanks again, sir, for the opportunity. We're, We're very grateful. Yeah. Thank you so much. I am so happy Vinny was able to join us today to discuss pollutants and ways we can improve our home space for our health. I look forward to a future of cleaner air for everyone. Over the past several months during quarantine, We've spent a lot of our days at home. I felt the side effects immensely. And from what I've been hearing from friends, my clients, my family members, everyone else has been feeling it as well. But even before we were told to stay home, I had realized that I had spent most of my days indoors. And whether I'm working, working out, working on my business or grocery shopping, I started to become consciously aware of the amount of time that I'm truly spending inside. The frightening reality is that we spend nearly 90% of our lives indoors, including a small percentage of that in our vehicles. And to be honest, we aren't totally in control of changing this anytime soon. But what we do have some control over is the quality of air that we run through our environments and our home. 
Our home should be a sacred space. They should be a place we can always safely return to and even become healthier. Giving your heir a facelift and getting on board with this might feel a bit challenging at first, but I assure you it can be deeply inspiring and easier than it sounds. To get started, free up some time this week on your calendar to consider how you're going to revamp the air quality in your home. Go through the list of products that need to be upgraded and replaced so that when you run out of those products, you can quickly choose a new product that is cleaner and more in alignment with the home that you want to have. Start to do some research using Vinny's recommendations and also the list that we'll supply. So the next time you go to the grocery store, the next time you buy cleaning products, the next time you buy cosmetics or office supplies or even paints, you'll be more informed on healthier options. This does not mean you have to revamp everything at once, but start to pay attention to what can be flipped out over time. Small acts around your home can make a massive, massive difference to your air quality and your health. And while you're cleaning your space for harmful air pollutants, such as your cleaning products, I want to also remind you to remove anything that is no longer serving you. Deep cleaning your home of both mental and physical toxins is really empowering to creating a healthier you. So what items can you donate or throw out? Rid your home of old papers and magazines, dried up nail polish or beauty products, clothing you no longer wear, or maybe even photos or memories that are keeping you stuck or in the past. Gradually, you'll build a space for yourself that you appreciate and look forward to coming home to and staying in. Our homes are incredibly important and keeping them safe should be a top priority. Whenever you can, pause to consider the products you're bringing into your home and the impact they may have on the air quality and your well-being. And again, just continue to do the research. And I trust that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did and inspired you to rethink the way you live. It was a conversation I believe that we can all benefit from. If you enjoyed this conversation, if you got value from it, I also encourage you to listen to my podcast with Max Lugavere as we approach a similar topic from a different angle of empowering our health by cleaning up the junk that we eat. So drop me a message on Instagram at Sarah and Stuart. If you've been listening to these podcasts and let me know what's resonating. Let me know what you wanna hear more of. Let me know what questions you have. I am here to support you in becoming happier and healthier. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and gratitude. As always, it's a pleasure and an honor that I get to share this space and this time with you. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.